Mojave Desert, Berkeley, Seattle Times, Pulitzer Prize. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. Welcome back to the Exploring Washington State podcast. My uh, guest today is Lex Vaughn of The Needling. Lex, thanks for taking some time this morning because uh, we're recording this in the morning for those of you that are, care um, <laughs> to, to be a guest on, on this episode. Um, welcome. Glad to be here. So for those that don't know about the needling and the byline is Seattle's only real fake news. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lex, when we were talking yesterday, you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give a really quick backstory of you. Mojave desert, Berkeley, Seattle times, Pulitzer prize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it, you know, <laughs> part of the reason I like this, uh, <laughs> Uh, um, it, it's so hard for me to summarize my life. It's it's been all over well, the that's, place. You can just literally, that's, yeah. I mean, those are all <laughs> very interesting nuggets that we could we could unpack. We're gonna skip the Mojave Desert. Mm-hmm. You went to Berkeley on journal for journalism. Mm-hmm. After Berkeley, so I'm I'm a little confused on the bio here. Did you go to Did you come to Seattle first, or where did you work for the LA Times first? Uh, I worked. Uh, for the LA Times uh, on a fellowship in DC, um, and then I got a job at the Seattle Times. Okay, yeah. So then, so then you became a reporter for the Seattle Times, telling mm-hmm. real, real news, you know, mm-hmm. documenting real mm-hmm. news, real stories, and you were part of a group that won a Pulitzer for the landslide. Yeah, coverage of the the Oso landslide. Oso. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we get into satire and all that, let's let's just talk. What was it like for you to to be? Because you were up there for quite a bit of time, mm-hmm. correct? You were kind of, yeah. dare I say, embedded. But you know, I don't know what the right word is. Yeah. Um, what was that like to have to report on that story from from your side of the equation? Like you had to turn out content. Mm-hmm. What's it like being a reporter covering a fairly significant you know event like that? Um, I mean, there's a a lot of different ways to think of it like professional and personal. And that definitely had an impact on me both professionally and personally to cover that. Um, professionally, you know, I felt like I was ready for it and we obviously were, you know, it ended up resulting in a Pulitzer prize. Um, mm-hmm. There are other, you know, like breaking news stories I had, you know, covered before that. And every time I did that, it's like I was really like sharpening my skills for like, okay, well, you know, if there isn't reception or if there isn't this, how do Mm -hmm. I still get information back to the office or tweet something out um, so people get, you know, news faster or whatever. Um, So I felt good, you know, about the reporting there and everything. Um, But then on a personal level, uh, covering stuff like that is so complex because it's like, well, it's a surreal. It's always surreal. And then. Um, On the one hand, it's like tragic and heartbreaking. And on the other, you end up witnessing like the best of people. And then again, that's like heartbreaking because like you see people do their best, you know, be there for their community, you know, all day, whatever is needed. And you're just like, why isn't it like this all the time? (laughs) If people could just be as good as they are right now, (laughs) most of the time. Wow. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Um. I d- yeah, I was there for two weeks and, um, you know, did some follow-up reporting and yeah, definitely like, I'm like emotionally attached to that area. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause of the coverage there. So humor me, this, this question is, is, you know, me, a, a Pulitzer Prize, how, how do they go about selecting the winners? Did, did the Seattle Times submit the content to the organization or, or did the, you know, how does that, how does that process work? Do you yeah. Know? The, the newspaper submits, um, okay. I think a packet, uh, for submission. And the funny thing is like, um, uh, something, you know, that was kind of naive about me during my journalism career is like, I really came at it from like a public service angle. 
Like mm-hmm. it was not for me. Like I felt like I'm doing like I like having a profession where I'm doing a public good. I'm getting the truth out there. I'm uncovering corruption or delivering, you know, really important news as fast as I can. Um, and so the entire time I was a reporter, like I never submitted like my work for awards. Like, like no one told me like, you have to do that. (laughs) So the only awards I have on my resume are like these really big awards that other people submitted for like a Pulitzer prize, which is Kind of that's the only big. one you need. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty big. <laughs> that's 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 pretty big. Uh, you ever gonna submit some stuff from the needling for a Pulitzer? Just because just you because you should just be kind of like. Send well, it in. I think um, I don't know exactly. I mean, I don't think the Onion has ever gotten a Pulitzer, so the chances doesn't mean that you shouldn't the try. needling is <laughs> it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. I mean, you could you could think about that. You know. Think of the, the content. The you, Onion the, had a funny campaign where they attempted to get a Pulitzer. Okay. So it, right. it's a little bit of a joke. But honestly, it's like, I mean, I, I do really value satire. You know, it's mm-hmm. part of why I do it. Um, it's fun. It's funny. It's entertaining. But, I mean, I think it, it does something important, you know, um, especially when people are, like, overwhelmed by news cycles. They're just tired. Just like, ugh. You know, it it's kind of helpful to have just like another way to stay updated or think about what's going on in the world, you know, mm-hmm. that offers, you know, I don't know, uh, at well, least a little bit of entertainment along with it. So you're not just completely depleted. You know, <laughs> I think that's, you know, like, like we said before we quote unquote hit re- record was the, the one uh, about, you know, cats don't can't pass COVID, but they would, if they could mm-hmm. very funny. Mm-hmm. But it does make you kind of go, could be believable too, you know. I mean, yeah, I think I think yeah. Part of what like comedy does in general is like, yeah, the reality is like, you know, every single person is living with a lot of like really dark realities all the time. Like, oh my god, like my pet probably would eat me, like you know, <laughs> or what you know, just all kinds of little things like that. And comedy just helps you kind of like cope with it. You're like. Yeah, it's weird, it's dark, but it is funny. It's also right. funny. Because <laughs> right. it's, no, it's it, absurd. It's like, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> it, well, or, yeah, or, or is it? You know, there's just this this pause. So what was the the spark that had you start the needling? Um, Like... I started this, you know, like really got the ball rolling in like 2017, 2018. We launched at the end of 2018. Um, Like, so like ostensibly that's how long I've been working on this. But (laughs) like I grew up with a dad that had like a really great sense of humor and exposed me to a lot of, I think, pretty like adult humor, honestly, from like a young age. So okay. like I it's like I was kind of like primed for this kind of humor for a while. Um loved it, you know, just love this kind of comedy. Um but yeah, part of it is uh while I was a reporter at the Seattle Times and LA Times and all these other places, um you do your best to be an objective reporter. And I, of course there's limits to that, like no human is completely unbiased, but right. you know, with like traditional journalism, you are making your best effort to tell a balanced story um, so people can come up with their own you know, conclusions as a reader or whatever. Um, so you do your best to do that. But meanwhile, I mean, you are a person, you know, that's your own, your own opinions, your own thoughts. And it's like, I think while I was a reporter, I was like suppressing that so much that it kind of built up this very imaginative portion of my head where it's like, okay, I can't put this in the story, but this is what I'm really thinking. And it it would be kind of like a satirical or fantastical way of telling the story that I'm, you know, telling in a more neutral, boring way from the newspaper. <laughs> I have to ask, because this, this is how I interpret how I would be doing this. My understanding of, of reporting is that as the reporter, you're typically not writing the headline. Is that is that accurate? True. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that. They get mad at the headline. It's like, I didn't write it. 
it, man. <laughs> That's a crappy editor. A, She's like 80 years ev- old. Did you, ever, <laughs> did you ever like want to submit some, you know, satirical headlines? It's just some suggestions for hmm. you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> no, no, no. Copy desk is a, I don't know. It's probably, they they're probably different now, but. So they were a weird bunch when I was Okay. There. All right. See, I would be like, hey, I've got, here's a couple ideas. Let's just try this. No, they wouldn't do it. But, you know, they like, don't want to be told. I... They don't want to be told. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, see, that job would be no So you are at their mercy headline. Yeah. Wise. Yeah. That's got to be frustrating. If you, I, I would think, because you might come at an article, you know, your position is, you know, here's your kind of view of it. Mm-hmm. And then the headlines like way over here. Yeah. And totally distorted that. Like you said, people yeah. get mad at the headline. Yeah. I never had like, you know, like a huge, uh, you know, blow up on any of my articles, but like I've witnessed that and felt bad for other reporters where you know, people don't even read the article and they're like, I see yeah. this headline and I see a byline. Get her. It's like, she didn't write it. You know? Right. <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah. yeah. The reporters skewered on social media for Yeah, and like no yeah. one gets it, you know. Like only right. journalists are like, oh man, that sucks. Okay. So, <laughs> so in in 2017-2018 you you started to get this idea. But before I go there, you you, you know, you, you said your dad was a funny guy or is a you know, is, he's alive. Yeah. He, okay, yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Just talking about sorry, childhood and past tense, yeah. Yeah, sorry dad. Um what was he, what was he, what was he exposing you to? Huh. What were, what were some of the things you grew up around? Mad Magazine. Oh, uh, yeah. So definitely, yeah, grew up on <laughs> Mad Magazine. And that's so easy for a child to appreciate because, I mean, a lot of it was just visual. Like, you didn't even uh-huh. know how to read yet, you know. Right. You could just sift through that thing and be like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, like, honestly, when I think about some of the cartoons that were on TV, I'd like, I was like very adult, you know, like when I was a kid, uh, Nickelodeon had some pretty mature stuff. Like if I look back at like Ren and Stimpy, like man, <laughs> was absurd and dark. I mean, good on Nickelodeon for not like, you know, um, you know, treating children like they're, you know, idiots. <laughs> you can't take some dark humor, but. Like it surprises me that that news that that uh, cartoon was on Nickelodeon, but yeah, grew up with a lot of like yeah absurd stuff like that. And then I think a little bit later, you know, found out about the Onion, and uh, sometimes we had like print editions of the Onion. To look okay. At. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, when you think about it, go back to like the old Looney Tunes cartoons were not exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. Thank God. Of- I, I'm like I'm I'm so glad I didn't. You know, I, I got to see, you know, some cartoons like that that weren't like, you know, overly kid proofed. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, that, that weren't so scrubbed of. Yeah. Layers of humor. Yeah. And just, you know, you know, my my kids. I'll throw my son under the bus as a young child, you know, Barney. <laughs> no, no. No, you know, no, I, no, I just, was like a Mr. Rogers. And I, was and like I would sit PBS. there with him and just like <laughs> want to like, you know, take a fork and stab my eyes out because I couldn't. There was just nothing about Barney that I could yeah. find yeah. at all, you know, as a. Yeah. Well, it, age wise adult, mentally, no. But, you know, it was it was just, oh, my God, how can how anyway. So you were exposed to this. You're doing the Seattle Times. You start to have this inkling to do the needling. And what is, is the needling the way it is today, the way you envisioned it or has it uh, morphed? Um, yeah, it's mostly what I envisioned. Like, um, you know, like it, it is modeled like after the onion, like I, I mm-hmm. listened and read to a lot of material about how the onion works. Like not just like, you know, uh, looking at the content that they put out there, but how do they make the content? Like how do they okay. narrow down the headlines and, and all that okay. stuff. So I spent some time uh, researching that and, you know, it was like that, that makes sense. And so we, we apply a lot that a lot of that to the need link, but we're also like flexible, you know, like over, over time, it's like, we find how we're unique or how we're going to do it differently. Like the onion mm-hmm. 
um, is, you know, obviously amazing, but they, they have like very much stuck to their guns about like their neutrality and they don't engage with the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, because we're local, we do have a little bit more fun engaging with our audience and doing quizzes and like interactive stuff, uh, especially on Instagram you know, every different social media platform has like different allowances for what you can do. But, um, I think we probably have the most fun on like Instagram because of the Insta stories and how you can have questions and all this you know, different kind of engagement. Have you ever tried to put the needling on LinkedIn? Ugh, um, you know what I did? I like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just, the thought of LinkedIn makes me do that. <laughs> well, I just think it would be. But I, mean, I actually did uh, put, yeah, um, it on the need link so I could, or put it on LinkedIn so I could have it on my resume there. <laughs> well, but I'm wondering, like, for example, like the one I've got up on, on my other monitor here is this, the headline is Jeff Bezos just wondering if he can still write off McKenzie's charitable donations. Mm-hmm. And I just, <sighs> it's just, you know, hashtag Amazon. <laughs> and throw that on and throw that, and throw that on LinkedIn yeah. and just see what happens. I just 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 you know yeah. just see what what people I, I don't know. I could imagine that going and being very divisive actually. I think some people would find it absolutely hysterical and you mm-hmm. might grow your audience because they weren't aware. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, people would probably believe it and be offended. And then the mm-hmm. comment section would just, you know, crash the servers. Yeah. Not a bad um, idea. Yeah. We do a lot of Amazon content naturally. Yeah. And we always have, you know, yeah, uh, a lot of <laughs> Amazon headlines. So the trouble really is like in like being pickier about those headlines. Like let's only publish an Amazon headline. If it's like a really good headline, you know, <laughs> you're in a target rich environment. <laughs> yeah. You know where this is their home base. So like, that's our responsibility. We gotta, we yeah. gotta skewer them on the regular. <laughs> this could go in so many ways. So let me ask you this then. What, has anyone ever been like aggressively offended by something you have published? Sure. And you know, like I I'm completely fine with people not liking our content. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm not trying to make it palatable to everyone, you know? Right. So whenever people don't like it, well, it's, there's like, yeah, I mean, there's a difference between like, we try to be very thoughtful about mm-hmm. everything that we publish. Cause I think there's a fine line between comedy and bullying, you know, mm-hmm. and sure. that difference is punching up. Um, you know, you want to make sure that the thing you're making fun of you know, has got it coming, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're not gonna, we're not going to make fun of people that are already struggling. Like that's not funny. That's just bullying. Um, okay. so I like, the, I like the way you describe that. Punching yeah. Up. Okay. Um, so that's always our intent. And I, I like to feel good in my gut and my heart, you know, like, are you good with this? Are you good with it before you publish? You know, and you know, if I do that gut check before I publish, I'm like, then I, I don't care what happens later. Unless like sometimes people point out something where I'm just like, okay, I don't know. I guess I didn't think about that. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll factor that in because the the intention of every post is to entertain and to provide comfort, you know, to people who are, you know, maybe being oppressed or, you know, bullied around by, you know, some people who suck. Um, Have you ever had to retract anything? Did you ever choose to like when somebody did somebody point something out to you in a mm -hmm. different light and you're like, oh, I mean, did that cause anything like that? I, we've never done like a retraction uh, okay. based on it, people being offended. <laughs> I, I We do retract things sometimes just because they bomb. It's like, all right, the okay. people have spoken. <laughs> this never happened. <laughs> and I, honestly, to me, that's that's the, the proof. Like if something's bad, it's not like going to be, oh, people left a mean comment. It's going to be like, no one's going to no like comments. it. It, they're going to be like, I didn't, I'm just going to have like, I didn't see it. Like, okay. Those, those are people who love us who are like, I don't know about that one. Okay. You know, <laughs> All right. All right. And I'm like, I, I get that feedback pretty fast. So I'm like, 
all right, something's not working. Pull it well, back. So can you sh- <laughs> put you on the spot? Share one that you thought would have been, you know, you and I'll put you mm-hmm. like something you wrote mm-hmm. that you thought would have been good or funny mm-hmm. or both. And then the audience, the crickets appeared and you just said, ooh, that, hmm, how did I miss that? You know, a, a part of what, what happens is like, honestly, um, it, it happens pretty rarely uh, that we like okay. pull anything down because we have a process for like uh, sifting through headlines and we, we got like a, like a group of contributors who vote on the headlines oh, okay. and you get a pretty good sense of like, you know, what's working before we publish it. Um, so it's really rare that we publish anything that isn't at least like pretty good, <laughs> like okay. at least right. okay. Um, uh, usually the fumble is when like, I'm like, I don't know, uh, you know, somebody came up with this headline and we didn't have the chance to put it through that process. And we're like, I don't know, I think maybe it does work. And then you publish oh. it. You're like, I don't know, you know, nope. you got to go through the process. Okay. Um, I, I will say maybe one example is yesterday I, I came oh, up with one recent. on the fly. I'll admit. Uh-oh, recent. And I didn't take it down. Okay. But it didn't hit like I wanted it to. And I think it's probably because it's a little bit too niche or something for like reporters and meteorologists. So the the headline, and this is probably just funny funnier to me because of my experience as a reporter. Uh-huh. Um, interrogation of local meteorologist about chances of white Christmas enters day five. Um, so I, I wrote that one cause it's like this time of year. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was at the Seattle times, like it was like multiple times a day. They wanted like a reporter calling up some poor meteorologist at, you know, oh. uh, the national weather service asking like, is there going to be snow yet on Christmas? Do we know yet? Do we know yet? And I, and these poor meteorologists, I would like I would like apologize if I had to call them before I even said anything. I'm like, I know you're going insane, but I, I am being told I have to call you. And they're like, the information's all on the Internet, man. And I'm like, I don't know. They want me to call you. <laughs> Get that straight from your mouth update. Is it gonna snow yet? Is it gonna snow yet? So, yeah, um, <laughs> I I left it up, and there there's a certain portion of people I think that have experience in journalism and weather reporting for whatever reason. Sure, <laughs> who who like that piece? But I don't know well, if it was I, for everyone. <laughs> well, I don't. I think you know the absurdity of it in Seattle, like. You know, I spent many, many years living on the West Side, and I can't really remember a whole lot of Christmases that we had snow. Yeah, so the odds it, are it's not going to yeah, snow. So, like, exactly. to me, the rational thing is, like, assume it's not going to snow. Right. If it yeah. is, like, I don't know, you'll hear about it. You'll see it. Right. <laughs> They'll call us. They'll call us. Yeah. We don't need to call them. Yeah. They'll call us. But, but, yeah, believe yeah, at least when I was at the Seattle Times, it's like there were just some kind of crazy editors that wanted wanted you to call like the weather station on an almost hourly basis. And I'd be like, it, the information is on the internet. It's right here. This is the same and, thing they're looking at. And it's 65, <laughs> it's 65 degrees outside right now. It's not going to snow. It's just not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, right. that was probably just processing my own reporting drama okay. on that one. <laughs> well, and, and I'm looking, I'm on Twitter right now and I see that the Seattle police department swept another homeless encampment. Yeah. How how was that one received? Yeah. And the image is a nativity scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh so far pretty good. Okay. Uh, I just I yeah. just wonder in this day and age where it seems like people how do I want to put this? Can't take a joke sometimes. I mean that they're so so easily put off by something well i i will say that like even though like we put out a lot of like edgy humor and stuff like i'm not a person that's ever gonna say oh it's just a joke because you know Mm -hmm. honestly i'd be dismissing this thing that i'm putting a lot of thought into just a joke jokes are powerful 
Like okay. uh, jokes are absolutely powerful. Um, and no joke is just a joke. Underneath the joke, there's always a point. So when okay. people are getting upset, they are getting upset with the point underneath the joke. And that's valid. Okay. Yeah. I want to go two different directions right now. Um, what's your process for creating a piece for you? Mm-hmm. What, what's that, what's that describe? I was going to say, what's that look like? But, you know, um, for accuracy, what, what, what is, you know, what's that? The process what, is, uh, yeah, what's the process for us? Um, it always starts with the headline. Like, um, we, and you know, like, um, you know, you try to like over the course of a week or two, you know, come up with, I don't know, 10 ish headlines and I'm kind of spontaneous with it. You know, sometimes I come up with an idea while I'm reading the news, but a lot of times it's like just while I'm doing daily life, you know, walking around driving, you know, it, the nice mm -hmm. thing about having comedy as a coping mechanism for life is like anytime anything frustrating happens, it's like, let's just turn this into material. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, somebody does something frustrating at the intersection and I'm like, I'm like writing a joke about it <laughs> to deal with it instead of yelling okay. at them. Um, so yeah. Um, and the thing is, is like, I try to, uh, teach us to like other contributors who, you know, also want to write for the needling. Um, most of your ideas will suck. It's okay though. Like most of your ideas will suck. And the process is like you come up with 10 and if two or three are good, like awesome. Just that's, focus that's on those. Ratio. Yeah, yeah. Put them through, you know, our, our, you know, kind of pitch session, see how everybody feels about them. And then, you know, you just get honest about like, okay, well, like this one resonated the most. So I'm going to write that one up first and good headlines for me are always easier to write. Like it usually takes me only like a half hour to write an article for a piece. Oh really? And then, okay. you know, maybe I'll spend another 15, 20 minutes after a break to edit it and go oh, tweak things and sharpen things up. But Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I was tired of like breaking news reporting, you know, like I, I mm -hmm. left that. And then I basically like reproduced it in satire form <laughs> all on my own. It's addictive. <laughs> Tight deadline. <laughs> okay. So you say, you said that, you know, underneath every joke is the truth. And so, uh, <laughs> gingerbread house or construction. Or my truth, whatever, you know. Well, no, <laughs> my point in this it, case, yeah. gingerbread house construction delayed by building permit backlog. That is true. That is yeah. absolute, you know, there's mm -hmm. anybody that's mm -hmm. tried to pull a building permit anywhere in the state of Washington, much less just Seattle, <laughs> has um, experienced that recently. Yeah. And, and I, I love the picture everyone knows of that. that's true. It's just a, yeah. one of the most Seattle things there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's. it's well, it's, maybe the whole state. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's spread beyond Seattle now. Yeah. I will say that. And then one that you, and I'm not seeing it right now, but one that you, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but I thought was found it very sad mm. not living in seattle i found it very sad mm. but that the state of washington agreed to change its name to seattle <laughs> um <laughs> you know there's just when you don't live in seattle it, it that sense. really feels like <laughs> you know the conspiracy is that the seattleization of oh well the there's multiple ways to think of it yeah a part of it like i think I think the original intent of that headline was just that it's like, honestly, you know, um, no matter where you live in Washington, if you leave Washington or you're traveling or whatever and you ask people ask where you're from, um, you can't say like Washington because people think you're talking about D.C., Everybody so you can't, you just it's... can't say your state name. <laughs> you know, right. No one gets it. It leads to like, no, 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 not D.C., the other one. And it's just like, um, oh, you mean Seattle? So it's almost <laughs> always easier to be like, I don't know, Seattle, around Seattle, whatever. Yeah. You know? And then <laughs> almost always the, the next statement, other, it rains there a lot. It rains a lot there, right? You know, you know, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, just, you should just like type up your responses here. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's, these are the questions you're going to ask. There's the answers. You could do the actually, you know. Yeah. 
that we yeah. don't get the most rainfall, but it feels yeah. like it. It's, <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's just it's a little every day. Yeah. Anyway, no, it's really not. I, I get in trouble if I pick on communities, so I gotta be nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm on, uh, you know, I'm looking at the needling. You got home, national, local news, culture, food and travel, sports, and then about you. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite category? Put you on the spot. What, what for you? What do you like writing about? What comes naturally to you? Is it more national or is it more local stuff? Uh, definitely local. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because it's like a part of um, why I like local is like me. I mean, first of all, it's just so much more fun to post because you're going to get so much more engagement. People relate to it. Um, And then I think there's also it's easier to make some of those jokes original, you know, because it's like once you're at like a national level, it's like. Oh, you're probably not the first person to make that joke. It's a little bit harder to, you know, say something that hasn't been said. Um, so it's a little easier to, I think, come up with something original on a local level. Um, yeah, but I don't really think of my articles in terms of categories. In fact, I usually don't know what category to put things in until I post it. I'm just like, I don't know this one culture. I probably have to like revamp those category names anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the headlines on the sports section right now. Mm-hmm. Um, climate change officially undeniable as Mariners catch fire for the first time in ages. Yeah. <laughs> Fan cheated of authentic Mariners experience after attending winning game. Um, that was very popular. <laughs> at the new, end of October. new haunted, <laughs> new haunted Seattle tour guides visitors through Mariners dugout. <laughs> Man, you have a target rich environment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's there's just, so much. <laughs> it's just so much. And it's, it, it's just, I'm on this, news fast right now i'm actually mm. forcing myself not to look at the news so it's pretty healthy <laughs> uh yeah it, it, mm. um i bet it feels peaceful especially around the holidays that's nice to just kind of be feels, like i'm not doing pe- it right now <laughs> it feels peaceful but then there's that and I've never been a smoker, but what that, oh, that like what I can imagine, like, I need a cigarette. I'm, yeah, I'm going to white knuckle through. And I'm like, eh. you know, I'm bored. I go, oh, I'll check that. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Macklemore's new clothing line already available in thrift shop down the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's like a, just a, like a really obvious one after you see the news. You're like, all right. Well, did you, have you seen his clothing line? Yeah. And I actually think it's nice. I, I think, I mean, for what's in style right now, I think they did a good job. It, but it's just, um, it just, it's strange for him to, you know, be the one selling $80 polo shirts when and the $160 when, slacks. The, when the hit song, like the thing that made him what he is, is a whole song about shopping at Goodwill and like, you don't need that designer brand. Now he's like, eh, well, maybe you think it's my designer. I've moved on. (laughs) Santa to leave lumps of West Seattle bridge in naughty kids' stockings. So, my question is, is that just in Seattle or is that globally? Hmm. Is Santa going to deliver West Seattle's, you know, is it, you know, is it more environmentally friendly to leave? construction to breathe and coal well you know santa you know according to the story that i read is just you know trying to be you know more environmentally conscious and yeah you know so for everyone who's kind of like against coal especially around right. here in the pacific northwest you know right. santa's just trying to please both parent you know the parents there <laughs> you know be be you know environmentally friendly and let their know their kids know that they suck. Yeah, little Timmy's still think that, but we don't want to. We don't want to harm the environment. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! How do you? What do you? What direction do you see the needling? What, where are you going to go with it? What's the? Do you have a roadmap? 
Is there a like what? Not necessarily. Um, okay. But I do think uh, this next year I'll revamp uh, a podcast. But I, I, I just oh yeah, I went, you made fun of podcasts too. I just yeah. went. <laughs> I, 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 like probably overthought it this last year. Like initially, my idea for a need like podcast was like skit form, you know, okay. sort of thing. Um, but I mean, it's so hard to do that. Like it's so hard to like write that, produce that, especially like a weekly basis. So, you know, I thought, yeah, like honestly, most, most podcasts that people want to listen to anyway are interviews. Like I, I love podcasts and most of the podcasts I listen to are interviews. Um, so I think I, I'll probably incorporate more of an interview format. Um, and then I've I've been undecided on what kind of host to be. Part of me wants I think I would prefer being kind of like an old school Stephen Colbert, you know, like just put on like an arrogant kind of persona and like okay. you know, interview people with that fake fictional, like arrogant reporter kind of personality. Uh but I don't know if I'm and I don't think I, I don't know if I have the energy to be that much of an actress. <laughs> so okay. I, okay. I might, I might just end up being more of myself and uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm feeling that out. So for example, would you be interviewing the Fremont troll? Yeah. Would that be something you would do? Just, yeah. Like you know. it's like, I've been thinking about like, oh, okay. You know, like, you know what I think about like, who's hosted the daily show like John Stewart or Trevor Noah, they have a blend of like being themselves and also playing along with the skit. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Oh, I, I could, I could do more of that kind of thing. You know, maybe that'll be a little bit easier for me to pull off. So throughout our entire conversation, you've referenced stand up comedians. Mm -hmm. You just sprinkle them into your, your answers. Mm -hmm. Do you have like who, who do you really like currently that's out there? <laughs> is is there, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I uh, just saw Taylor Tomlinson in Austin, Texas. I, I love her so much that like I have like a group of friends that also like her from across the country. Like we know of each other because of a podcast she used to host. Um, uh, she's got like a, a special that came out at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I'm sure she didn't plan it that way, but as <laughs> yeah, it ended up working out for her. It's called quarter life crisis on Netflix. And I think <laughs> she is, she's like very young, but oh mm -hmm. my God, she's already like incredibly funny. Um, and I, we saw her just, you know, riffing with the audience in Austin. And it was just like, I can't believe she's just like that funny off the cuff. So if you haven't heard of Taylor Tomlinson, like I, I swear I to not. God, you will at some point. <laughs> okay, no, I have not. <laughs> She's very okay. funny. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, there's such a long list. It's like, oh, making me choose. Um, Michelle Wolf. Um, she was the last comedian I saw before the pandemic. <laughs> um, and then I saw Daniel Sloss here in uh, November. Yeah. So who haven't you seen that you'd like to see? Like who would be like, who's material you'd both a enjoy and hmm. B probably want to, you know, study if you will. I have to say, um, Bill Burr would be so cool to see live. Cause I, I think okay. he's, he's one of like, he's like, I think he's like an elder statesman now. He's like, he's up there okay. now as one of the, the best alive. Um, his specials are great. Um, he's super sharp. I love the, the tightrope he walks, you know, he kind of like on purpose kind of throws mm -hmm. himself into a ditch in his, you know, routine. And it's yeah. like his job as a comedian to dig himself back out. And I think he's just so good at it because <laughs> I will get pissed off at him and then end up <laughs> kind of squinting my eyes later. Like, all right, you live to see another day, Bill Burr. All right. But I got my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay and do you find are you taking i'm guessing this is me guessing and you know now i'm i could be completely wrong and you're gonna tell me 
but do you do you find stand up to be instructional and helpful in crafting written satire? Um, I think what I've learned you know, like over the last few years is that a lot of my favorite stand up comedians are good writers. So I okay. don't know if I would ever be a good stand up comedian because I don't have like performance chops really. Um, I think I'm more comfortable as a writer, uh, okay. but I listen to a lot of a lot of like comedy podcasts too, you know, and learn about a lot of my favorite comedians and a lot of them, you know, they they may seem like very smooth and natural on stage, like they're just having a conversation with you. But wow, I mean, they've done a lot of work. They they wrote a lot of really great jokes first, you know, ironed that out, and then they you know, went out to so many different audiences to like sharpen that up before right. it, you know, was that final product, you know, on the special that you see. And they're Could really great at pulling off how conversational they sound, but they're really doing an hour long monologue. It's crazy. you know. <laughs> could, could you imagine that process though? So you've, you've written a, you know, a notebook full of jokes on the, whatever your, your mm-hmm. special is going to be, you know, the theme that you've got. And a lot of them are going to suck. Like you were saying, your headlines, you need to mm-hmm. throw out a lot of those headlines. So a lot of those jokes are going to get tossed. And then you decide to show up at a comedy club in, you know, Tulsa <laughs> to test this stuff out. And, you know, it probably won't go real well at first. And, you know, just the have, being able to have that thick skin to know that this is the process. Yeah. Yeah, you know, to, you know, I, I, I have so much respect for stand-up comedians that they they have to like iron that out in front of a live audience. That's so brave and so hard. Yeah. You know, for the most part, when I'm iron at, iron, ironing out our jokes for the needling, it's like, well, we've got like this private group of people that helps mm-hmm. us filter some of what we're putting out there, so that before sure. thousands of people see it, like we've already gotten like like a pretty good feel for, you know, where it, where it's at, um, you know, and, um, and then even after that, you know, if it bombs, if I can tell, you know, it's like, I can tell in like the first five, 10 minutes that something's posted. Oh, really? Like if it isn't getting a certain amount of likes in a certain amount of time, I'm like something's wrong. Let's just forget <laughs> it. I'm taking it down. And I have the power to just take it down. Never happened. We, we don't have to talk about that one anymore. Um, <laughs> These are not the jokes you're looking for. <laughs> you know, I yeah, like I said, uh, often if we ever do pull something back, it's really, it's mostly just because it's like, well, whatever we thought the joke was, like people aren't getting it. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> when we were talking on the phone, you mentioned, and I'd like to, well, for the listeners that this is new to them, but I'd like to revisit this with you is each kind of the social channels acts differently. Mm -hmm. So how Instagram, how does Instagram, what's, how do you tell when you got a good one on Instagram? What's, what's going on there? Um, And how does Instagram act different than say Facebook? I I think it's, it's like, honestly, it's like, there's also like, just like different personalities that, that kind of gravitate towards one, you know, or the right. other. Like Twitter is like very like about the drama. <laughs> you know. Okay. Twitter okay. can be very catty, you know, so if you're if you're slinging mud, people are into it. Um <laughs> okay. Um I I'd, I'd say that our Instagram audience is like tends to be like or people who are into instagram in general they tend to be more creative types they tend to be Mm. um a little bit more in touch with their emotions not afraid of you know that territory um so i think they they i think sometimes they interact with our stuff a little bit more like because i think if you're like a sensitive creative type uh, you do need, I think you like need comedy to get through life. Cause <laughs> I, I, that might be a whole complex other issue, but um, yeah, just generalizing yeah. the audiences. Uh, yeah. I kind of agree with you, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm looking at one and I'm looking at it on Twitter 
And, oh, I got to go back. So you, the needling retreat, retweeted mm-hmm. uh, a user by the name of Cat. And the retreat just said perfection. <laughs> and then it quote, at press time, the print shop had reportedly sold out of all remaining stock was bought out by the Seattle Times editorial board. Mm-hmm. And this was for the two for one flash sale. Uh, how? Wait, we, we got to say the whole headline, right? I don't think people are get, will yeah, get. The two for one flash sale begins on in this house. We believe and recall. So want yard signs mm-hmm. hedging our bets, basically. Mm-hmm. How, how was let's let's uh, help me out here. How was that received on the different platforms? Um, I it was popular on like. On, on Instagram and Twitter, I, I'll say generally, like we're also on Facebook. Um, the Facebook audience trends a little bit older, a little bit uh-huh. more conservative. So uh-huh. sometimes, you know, if things are like a little bit more like obviously like a more far left kind of headline, mm-hmm. it's going to click more on like Twitter and, you know, Instagram. Okay. Um, but that that was a popular one across the board, I think. Um because I think honestly, no matter like where you are on the political spectrum, something that's just like frustrating about Seattle is <laughs> there's a lot of hypocrisy here. It's like pick a lane. Like, uh, like <laughs> if you're gonna have a recall to want thing, take down that other stupid sign where you're all about kindness and you know, like like la di da di da. Like, just take it down. Like, <laughs> like you got this all caps you know like sign on one side of your lawn and then this like i believe in uh, like oh my god just stop being fake like just stop being fake be who you are <laughs> just own it own what you are you are in such a tar- target rich environment and let's see. I'm reading some more. Let's see. Uh, you know, so true, so true, and so spot on. Seattle's a response. Spot on. You know, these are, you know, <laughs> I just love the responses. Bouncing around here, going back to the gingerbread house with the construction delays for mm-hmm. permits. There will also be a minimum of a 20-year study and hire the worst contractors as possible. Yeah, I mean, that's part Uh, of the fun is like, you know, we put out a funny piece and I I love how people add on to it. It's almost like this improv exercise that happens on the internet. Um, I love our comment sections and yeah, their retweets because people often just make it like that much funnier. They just keep on, you know, playing with the same joke. Yeah, and it gets even funnier. Yeah. I mean, it's just. So who does your Photoshopping? Me. <laughs> you, you, you... <laughs> I have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, uh... <laughs> oh boy, this multi-family gingerbread structure is going to have a hard time passing design review. I can hear it now. Well, there's red M&Ms. And then there's, and then red, there's M&Ms. red M&Ms. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, uh, something that's, you know, kind of fun about, um, you know, like a really good headline. Well, you know, we obviously have some, you know, political bias of our own. We we tread, you know, like left. Um, I think with a with a really good headline, you know, just it doesn't matter like what walk of life, you know, you're coming from. Like, it's just funny and everyone knows it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So this one I saw a little while ago. How Melinda and Mackenzie announced new initiative to help women at risk of dating tech bros. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one was very popular. Um, That one. (laughs) How did that one come? How did that one what, work with me on this? How did you guys come up with that? Um, that came from uh, one of our, our contributors, uh, Kelly, and she 
I mean, I don't know. She just, you know, it's funny. It's like we have like some contributors who are like regulars. And then Mm -hmm. we also just kind of leave space for some people to pop in and out, you know, whenever they feel like it. So sometimes you won't hear from someone for six months and then they're like, I got five really good ones. You know, that was, that's kind of her style. And that was one of her headlines. Um, and you know, it's funny. It's like, uh, you can always make fun of Amazon here and you can always make fun of tech bros. And recently I actually held off on publishing that one for a while. Cause I was a little bit like, you know, is it getting old making fun of tech bros? You know, like, you know, because honestly, it's like as time goes on, like more and more of us just are working in tech. So it's like, how much are you going to make fun of people for working in tech? It's just kind of like the water we're swimming in as time goes on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I I teach like a, a real fake newsroom workshop for people who want to uh, learn how to you know write headlines and write articles and uh in our most recent workshop you know we had some uh guys that were they work in tech and i asked them yeah are we too hard on tech pros does it get old making fun of tech pros and even they were like oh no no, no. go for it like we get it. <laughs> All right, then. (laughs) Full steam ahead. (laughs) Full steam ahead. (laughs) You you offer a workshop on writing satirical headlines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's been fun. Yeah. What talk, you know, how did that come about? Is this. Yeah. Tell tell me about this. This sounds interesting, actually. Uh, Because, I mean, this is fun. Like writing headlines, mm-hmm. writing the article, posting it, seeing people engage with it. Like it it's addictive on its own. Like once you get the hang of it, it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. Um okay. and you know, there are other people who want to do it. And I, I get that because I wanted to do it. <laughs> there was a there's a certain point where like I wanted to do it, but like, do I wanna like move to Chicago and network and try to get into the onion? Because it's like Honestly, it's like for a long time, if you wanted to write satire, it's kind of like you needed to insert yourself in a certain comedy scene or writing scene. You got to move to Chicago or New York. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do that. Um, You know, and um, it 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 doesn't seem like there's a lot of like. you know, like obvious ways to like teach people or, you know, create accessibility um, for writing uh, satire and comedy. So I thought, you know, like, yeah, I could, I could run a a workshop where I take people through a process. And so it's like, it's three weeks. And like the first week we work on like headline generation. And then the second week we work on the article and the third week we work on like editing and pitching. Uh, Cause they don't, they don't okay. have to pitch their work to us. You know, they can pitch it wherever. And there are, uh-huh. you know, a growing number of uh, satire websites out now because yeah, anyone can, can start their own thing now, you know? Okay. Well, that's fascinating to me, actually. That's really cool. Yeah. Is there anything that's off limits in Seattle? Like you were saying, you know, the whole tech bro thing, you're worried like, man, eh, maybe we're, you know, getting close to. Yeah, it's like wearing that I, one yeah, out, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there are there any that you've any areas that you have found that have like we just don't go there anymore, or just we shouldn't we don't go there because of any reason? No, no. I mean, I think someone who you know is like in the comedy in general is like a rebellious person, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, I mean, you're not going to tell me I can't joke about something. So my, my attitude is like, I mean, I think you can joke about anything, but, you know, it is a test of how good you are at comedy, you know, um, you know, how you do it. Like, it it doesn't matter. It does matter how you do it. Like, are you pulling it off? And, and with difficult topics, that's always harder. So, you know, it's a little bit more high stakes whenever you do that. All right. Are you a fan of of coffee? I mean, you live in yeah. Seattle now. I mean, yeah. okay. You kind of almost have. It's like <laughs> everyone's in tech. Everyone has to drink coffee in uh, Seattle. So much good the- coffee. I, I I try not to. I try to every now and then. I I I do like coffee breaks because I'm like, 
I'll, I'll bet caffeine isn't oh. like that good for no. you. That's, that's quackery. So you need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's quackery. Stop. So where's a great place around, you know, around the Seattle area for coffee for you? Um, I, I live in Ballard. So um, uh, there's a bunch of great places in Ballard. So hard to pick. Uh, but like my favorite, my first love is definitely Cafe Bambino. It's a cute little small okay. um, yeah. cafe. And um, I realized like two years after going there that I, I brought, because like I love it so much that anytime I have visitors in Seattle, I'm like, we're going to Cafe Bambino. And okay. um, they always, my friends always end up like buying their beans. And I realized two years into it that like they, they have some like, very unique way of like roasting their beans. I'm like, that makes sense. Cause like okay. there's a unique flavor here. Yeah. Okay. And, and when you're drinking coffee, what's, how do you drink your coffee? You just drinking black <laughs> coffee or are you drinking a, you know, a, a, a latte with a splash of Splenda and you know, stevia and you know, oat milk. Admit, and, like, yeah. I, you know, like I'm, you know, probably very easy to make fun of here, but like, my my go-to is definitely a lavender latte, <laughs> hemp milk, lavender latte. You know, very. Uh, I know that sounds very Seattle, but whatever. <laughs> That's <laughs> my thing. Because <laughs> I I can't eat dairy. <laughs> okay. And okay. hemp milk is the best um, alternative the milk. Alternative like for lattes, definitely you know, nothing matches uh, hemp milk. And, um, and then at some point I just discovered like the combination of lavender and coffee is just like, oh my gosh. It's like, just gets me high. I love it. Okay. (laughs) I'll I'll be, I'll I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I do not see myself consuming one of those in any time soon. I love lavender. I love coffee. Them together. Oh no, I, I, (laughs) lavender's fine. Coffee's, coffee's wonderful. I have nothing against hemp milk. It's just kind of the, the. I drink, I really enjoy like a straight shot of espresso, black coffee, French press. I, I really just like coffee, you know? Um, yeah. If I, if I have like a straight shot of espresso, I like to put a little honey. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a great thing. Have you ever been to Mabel? Yes. I live right nearby. Yeah. (laughs) Mabel, Mabel is, uh, Mabel, the, um, like I really like the coffee that they serve there. Um, yeah, I like them and they have it. a really cute place. I, I have been thinking I might even, you know, like write some needling stuff in there now that I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm so, so confused about where to hang out casually. It's like, well, I have my booster. I don't know. Just let's just do this thing now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it is it easier to write to be creative for you when you're in a semi public space, like let's say a coffee shop, oh or gosh. do you, or do you do your best work, you know, sitting in your office, you know, hunkered down listening to, <laughs> you know, whatever your soundtrack I mean, is that you listen both to. Both work, and I mean, especially during the pandemic, I had to <laughs> be okay right. with right. doing that in my own place, but. um it was a little bit heartbreaking at the beginning of the pandemic because I do, I think I grew up, you know, like kind of fantasizing being that writer working in a cafe. And, you know, okay. before the pandemic, there was like a little sweet period where it was like, yeah, I had a routine. I would go to like, like Diva Espresso, you know, get mm-hmm. my latte, sit down, put on a certain playlist. And it was like Pavlovian. It's like, it's writing time now. Um I, okay, l- I so love that. You, you trained yourself. Yeah. You, 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 these were the, these were the cues that you had. I, I think that's, I always love to hear what gets, how people, mm-hmm. especially people who are creative for a living. Yeah. Well, sometimes you just trip you, on those things. Cause like, I didn't do that intentionally. I just realized at a certain point it's like, Oh wow. Like when I get my latte and I sit down in this place, it, it, it did help to like have cafes to go to. Cause like, what I love about a cafe is like, you're not alone, you know? So it's like, you got kind of like this mix of stuff happening around you, but 
they're not coworkers, so they're not going to like interrupt you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, and and you're no- trapped there. You know, it's not like at home where you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll do the laundry now. Like, no, you're at the cafe. What we're doing now is we're sipping a latte and we're writing. That's it. And the editor's not asking you to call the meteorologist <laughs> to see if it's going to Exactly. Great yeah. callback. <laughs> so one of the things that, you know, is like I've read and I don't enjoy his writing, mm-hmm. but, you know, Stephen King is mm-hmm. prolific. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard, though, that, you know, he's very exceptionally disciplined in his mm-hmm. daily content production. Have you ever read anything from Stephen Pressfield? Yes, I think I the, did. The, 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 um, oh, hey, check this the, out right here. Yeah. Right yeah, here. The War of Art. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that guy, you know, it's how do you do it? I mean, and I, I can't, I have yet to. Uh, crack the code for me personally. Mm-hmm. That's why when you said you had a playlist and, and you're, you know, you, you just said it, he was like, Oh, you've got it dialed in in the sense I've got my latte. I've got my laptop. I've got my playlist. Yeah. I go to get work. a routine and then momentum. The beginning is yeah. always the hardest part. And then I was talking about this recently with a friend. Um, I think consistent, like being a consistent creative or writer, like I know writing, that's my, my creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is a, a little bit like <laughs> I imagine what it's like, you know, going to the gym consistently. Not that I would know, but <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's weird how um, sometimes you can take a break for writing. You're like, oh, that's so nice. I'm taking a break for writing. But getting back into writing sucks so much, like getting your momentum back. Like it sucks so much that honestly, it's like you reach a point where you're like, Honestly, if this is my thing, it's easier to just do it every day because it sucks so much to lose your momentum. And yeah, like I said, like not that I would know about this and exercise, but I've heard that's how it's like. I've heard that rumor. Actually, have a good habit of exercising. That's how it is. I've heard that rumor too. Jogging, it's so easy once you get started. Yeah, no, I think that's. But yeah, for even the most fit person, I've heard you know they. They're like, I'm taking a week off. You know, like even for them getting back into it is just like, ah, God. Damn. Right. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, Seinfeld's credited with like having the calendar where you, you draw, you know, you, you make a chain. and You don't want to break the chain. I heard a podcast where he said he did not come up with that and he never did that. Yeah, let's give him credit. <laughs> yeah, let's give him Let's just, you know. Someone made it up credit. about him. Yeah. It's a chain about nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so. Typically, I like to ask guests, you know, like coffee, obviously, but like where to go for lunch or something in your neighborhood. But let let me go back and you know ask you to rewind pre-COVID. What were some of the cafes you like to work at? I mean, can you give any shouts, shout outs to hmm. cafe, you know, places where, where were you working that you found, you know, obviously they had to have, you know, mm. well, I don't want to know they had to, but they probably had coffee and some food of some sort. Yeah. Um, so where were you My going? favorite place to write. Uh, was like, it's changed now. I haven't like reestablished like a cafe writing routine, but, uh, Diva Espresso, um, in Greenwood was a very Mm -hmm. like cozy place to settle in. Um, and then by Green Lake, there's this place called Retreat. And (laughs) I think I, at some point I stopped going there as much because like people discovered it and it was very crowded, but there was a sweet spot time where people didn't know how amazing it was. <laughs> okay. So if people want to, and they should, uh, find the needling, where do you reckon? And I'll put some links in the show notes too, but where should people go and find the needling? Uh, so we, you know, depends on how you like to you know, get content, but we're, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter and Facebook. The handle is at the needling. And, um, we also have a newsletter if you prefer to, if you're not into social media, but still want to see what our recent headlines are, you can sign up for a newsletter on our website, the needling.com. One question I didn't ask, and this is totally remiss of me. Because I think it works on a lot of levels. How? Who came up with the the needling, mm-hmm. and what was that process? Because it actually, 
I just realized it worked on another level as I was th- as I was formulating it right before I said it. I'm like, oh, it works on yet another level. So, yeah. who came up with that, and how did you? Uh, and how did that happen? Um, I came up with that, and um, when I was coming up with the name for this, I thought, well, I want it to be really obvious. This is a thing for Seattle, you know. Mm-hmm. So naturally, you start thinking of the Space Needle because that's the most iconic, you know, piece right. of our city. Um, and I was like, well, I want to stay away from like things that have probably already been, you know, like used, like, you know, the needle, the space needle, like, cause there's probably all kinds of businesses that have had, you know, puns on that and stuff. Um, and I thought the needling works because it, yeah, it is a double meaning. Um, well a little bit, it's like the first primary meaning is that it's need to needle. Someone is to tease them to right, keep them right and obviously right. it also incorporates the needle you know space needle um and we've got we've but got that in our um you can't really see it i think on social media all the time but on our main website banner the l and the needling is a space needle that's tilted right yeah but also pine slash fir needles yeah yeah it, i think it works on a bunch and, of different and, and, levels it's like, yeah that was the one that just kind of clicked yeah. that was the third layer for me it's like oh wait yeah. it really it really it was a it is a brilliant yeah name, actually it Thank really you. it really is a brilliant yeah we've got like the yeah. trees in our logo so it's like yeah, yeah. it gives you it yeah a whole feel for where we live yeah right i think that's awesome so my my standard get out of jail free question at the <laughs> end is what didn't I ask you that I should have? Hmm. Um, let's see. I always draw a blank on that stuff. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. Um, oh, I mean, one thing I, I, I guess I'll just plug is, I mean, in January and it, we, we do our real fake newsroom workshop on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty it's usually a pretty like cozy group of about like 10 to 15 people um so yeah if you're interested in uh coming up with headlines and workshopping some material um and learning how to narrow down some good stuff um you can join us for one of those workshops and where can people find out more about that if you go to our website under the about um section we have a thing about our, our real fake newsroom okay. workshop. Your real fake newsroom. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have real like real fake editors and you know? Yeah, well, uh, I, I I'm the real <laughs> fake editor. Yeah. <laughs> are, you gonna, are you gonna are you gonna make them call the meteorologist to no. see if it's snowing? No. <laughs> I would never do that to anyone. <laughs> it would be more fun to ask call keep calling him to ask him when it's gonna be sunny. <laughs> yeah, that that is what it should be. <laughs> yeah, it's less likely that is. Well, I Lex, thank you so much. This was this was a lot of fun and I think what you guys are doing is is entertaining and I'm glad I well, Mackenzie stumbled upon it before I did, so I gotta give her her all the credit. Um but I think what you guys are doing is really, really quite humorous and I uh it will now be bookmarked and regularly awesome. consumed. I might just do the newsletter just to keep off the social channels. Yeah, because I but... totally respect people not really wanting to be on social for your mental health or whatever. So, you know, right. for that, we're also, yeah, newsletter and the website. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it was fun being here. <laughs> Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.